0: Hi there, my name is Candace and I specialize in being special. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table. I'm your host, Candace Eisner. Hey guys, so today, as you probably gathered, we're going to talk a little bit about specialization as a massage therapist. Now, A lot of massage therapists I talk to are a little bit resistant to the idea of specializing or they feel like they're already specialized enough you're a massage therapist you're not sort of a general health practitioner that's specialized enough right well actually no I would argue with you that that's not actually the case and here's why so let's talk about uh contracts for a minute we're we're, you'll you'll see where I'm going with this as as I get talking so I remember back in massage therapy school, one of the things our teachers always told us was never sign a contract that had a ridiculous non-competition clause. You've probably heard that term before, but if you haven't, a non-competition clause says that you can't open a similar business, like another massage therapy clinic, within a certain distance for a certain period of time after the contract ends. For example, the contract might state that if you were to leave the clinic, you wouldn't be able to open another massage business within a three kilometer radius of their clinic for a period of a year, or you might be facing legal action. The ins and outs of whether these clauses are truly legal aside, we all know I'm not a lawyer. We all know I don't really, you know, have the knowledge to be able to tell you whether or not they're 100% legal. There has been a lot of talk in the community that they are illegal, but, you know, were you faced in court, would you actually get charged? I don't know. So we're not going to go there. But anyway, they're common in a lot of associate therapist contracts, as I'm sure you guys have seen. I'm pretty sure everyone that I've signed in my in my years that I was a massage therapist had one of those non-competition clauses in them. So they're common, many massage therapists don't like them, some choose to ignore them, and they're often a hot topic of conversation. I certainly see it talked about on Facebook and I know I talked about it a lot in person with my peers, especially amongst the new grads who are looking for their first job. But have you ever stopped to think why these things are so common? Why we don't like them and why they continue to exist? So, of course, the obvious reason, the one that you're probably going, well, Candace, this is obviously the reason, is that they're worried about competition and about someone stealing their business. Usually, rightly so, they're assuming that if an existing therapist opens a clinic right across the street, they're going to lose some business to that new clinic. Not just clients that the therapist has been seeing for a while, but all the potential new clients who might be attracted to the other clinic first. And, you know you got to say that's fair. I know sometimes when you're self-employed and you don't necessarily see the big picture, it doesn't occur to you that that could be fair. But the thing is, when you're running a business, you need to think about how many clients are coming into it and whether or not the bills are being paid. And obviously, no one wants to see their business driven out of the market, right? So let's look a little deeper at this, though. If you are a potential client looking at two massage therapy clinics at a certain location, like let's say they're right across the street from each other, how would you choose between them? Well, you might choose based on which one has availability that day. That's that's certainly, you know, something we see fairly common. Or which one has late hours that suit your needs, say after work appointments. But... What if they both offer same-day appointments, and what if they both have after-work hours? Well, then what? Like, do you just draw a name out of the hat? Do you just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo? How do you pick? If we take away all the matters of convenience factors when choosing which business to give your money to, how do you choose? Chances are you're going to go with the business that you feel the most comfortable with. The one who has the more appealing website, or talks about having extensive experience with the types of treatments you need, or has a super hilarious voicemail message that you just immediately clicked with and and made you laugh. This is your key to finding good clients for your business, even in a crowded market, even when there's another clinic two doors down, even if they have longer hours or more same-day appointments. Those convenience factors are only going to get you so far. It's the you that makes the difference. It's making connections with people. It's specializing in a way that's unique to you and not just the exact same thing for everybody. So how do you specialize then? Here's an example I read a lot. At... Insert name of Massage the Clinic here. I'm not going to point fingers at anyone. We specialize in massage therapy, cranial sacral therapy, deep tissue massage, hot stone massage, and pregnancy massage. Is that specializing? Or you might see, we specialize in massage therapy, physiotherapy, chiropractic, osteopathy, naturopathy. Is that? Sorry, guys. No. I see this all the time. I did it myself when I was massaging. You make a big list of your services and you say that's your specialty, but I probably don't have to tell you at this point in the podcast that all massage therapy clinics offer essentially the same kind of services. All multidisciplinary services are very similar, and that's not specializing. Specializing is so much more than that. It's taking your story, your approach, your ideas, and putting that into your business. It's finding your individual voice, which is based on all of the above. You know, your story, what it is you're really good at, how you connect with people, what types of therapies you're really good at giving, you know, and which ones you're not so good at doing. It's using your personality and life experiences and blending that into your business. And that's something no other business is going to have. Because you know what? There's only one you. So maybe you'll get to know... you. So maybe you'll start to be known as that clinic that plays really funky music and has fun art on the walls and serves espresso in the waiting room because that's exactly how you roll, that's your personality and that's the kind of people you wanna attract. Maybe you'll get known as the go-to spot for athletes because every single person who works in your clinic is an athlete, you're an athlete, you get it, you know what it's like having a training schedule, you know what it's like being on an eating plan, you know what it's like having injuries and needing them treated. Maybe you'll get to be known for being the tell it like it is, doesn't sugarcoat it therapist who has clientele who really appreciate it. Because there's a lot of therapists out there who do kind of sugarcoat things and say, sort of take the, well, well, that's okay attitude. And if you're the exact opposite of that, maybe that's what they'll love about you. Is just they know that they can come to you for a no BS treatment because that's just who you are. So... What's unique about your story? How do you approach people that's different from the way other people do? And why the hell should people care? Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned at least a little if a completing business opens, you know, right down the street from ours. Non-competition clauses do have a place to a certain extent. For example, here in my uh, neighborhood here in Toronto, we've recently seen three new dental offices open, three in a few blocks. Like, I'm sure all of them are concerned about the future viability of their offices because there is no way this neighborhood has that many teeth that three dentists, you know, are needed in the neighborhood. But if they work to differentiate themselves from each other very strongly, by showing how they're unique and what they have to offer, like maybe one of them, um, I'm just throwing this out there, but maybe one of them will specialize in children's treatments. Another one will really talk up um, working with nervous patients who have concerns about um, seeing the dentist who are really you know, stressed out about that and because that's really common. Um, another might say they specialize in emergency treatment. So if all three of them differentiate themselves in completely different ways, then people will know which clinic is right for them and all three of them actually have the potential of surviving. So it's not just about proximity. It's not all about location, location, location. It's not about convenience, even though I know there are patients out there who book purely based on the convenience factor. I need somebody this afternoon and they have to be within like a one kilometer radius. Who can I get? I get that those people are out there. But If you want to think about the long term viability of your practice, of people who want to come to you, are happy to pre book appointments, are looking to have a long term uh, relationship with a massage therapist, you need to be thinking about the fact that people do have choices. So, why should they choose you? Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. If you find this podcast useful, whether it was this episode or any other episode, I would be so appreciative if you gave me a rating on iTunes. Just hop on over to iTunes, load up my podcast, and then just uh, load up ratings and reviews and click the stars. Thank you so much, and I hope you have an awesome week. The music for this podcast is by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com and is used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. Thanks, Jason.